Welcome to a brand new edition of The Call. It is a Baltimore Ravens podcast where we talk anything and everything Baltimore Ravens football. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Overcast. Dude, that was butchered. First off. Second off, you threw me off again with not (laughs) listening off all the socials. What is with you? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. There's too many. We have to do it. We have to do the overcast over again. That was horrible. That was pitiful. <laughs> hey, it's preseason. We're getting used to it. You know, it's all right. You can but mess it matters. up. <laughs> but it matters, man. Oh, it matters. It, matters. it matters. Just, oh, it does matter. Just like the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania. It still mattered. The streak is officially over for the Baltimore Ravens. The preseason streak is over at 24 and 1. You don't and say. It, and who is I the one? They were invincible. I know. Yeah. How I did know. that happen? I thought the depth was crazy, but who is the one in 24 and 1? The Washington Commanders of all teams. Which Joining me as always. By Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football. Oh, we're going to talk about some Kyle Brandt, my boy Kyle Brandt. We're going to talk about that guy. Uh, let's let's oh, talk. Let's talk yeah, about Kyle. it. <laughs> you know he's an avid listener. Come on. What's up, Kyle? Joining me as always, my buddy Josh. What's going on, man? How you doing? So here we are. Week two is in the books for the preseason. We're getting closer to real football, but unfortunately, like we said, the streak is over. The Commanders were able to sneak away with a win against the Baltimore Ravens. 24 wins in a row. Pretty historical. Pretty great. I I mean, as much as people don't want to. Let's get into it. Let's just get right into it. The streak is over. What are your thoughts on this streak? Let's go over everything that's happened in this past week. Uh, was this something that uh, you're bummed about seeing is gone? Is this something you really didn't care about? Uh, we'll get into what fans have to say, but personally, you, what's your thoughts on this streak finally being over? Look, it was fun. Um, it was something that made these games worthwhile um, from a fan and watching standpoint, right? We'll unpack what Harbaugh said to me. These games do mean something to the players and coaches. They do mean something. They might not mean anything to the casual um, watcher, fan. They want to get to the real stuff, right? Everybody does. But, you know, these exhibition games are for a reason. Um, You know, they're not just there just to be there. They're there for a reason. And my initial thought when it ended, like, good, like, you know, all right, like, it was cool while it lasted, it was fun, but like, I, I kind of alluded to it a little bit ago in, in a show or two ago, it's, it's awesome, but when it does end, it's kind of like, okay, you're going to recognize it, but then like, not really care and talk about it, like, it is what it is. I will say this, you know, it is cool that, call it our football team. And our organization owns that record. I don't think it'll ever, ever be broken. You can never say never. But look, um, 
the next closest streak was six with the Raiders. I don't know if that's current or previous, but um, they went 24 consecutive exhibition games over a span of what call it seven years. So yeah, eight years actually from 2015 to 2023, dude, it's unprecedented. Whether you think it's a gimmick or not, whether you want to joke about it or not, that it too, it's awesome. Um, it had to end sometime. I didn't think it was going to go on. I would love to see it go through at least this year to say we got 26 and stand defeated, but you know, Hey, it, it's, it's over with, it's done with, you know, you can say ding dong, the witch is dead. Right. But you know, it, but again, it's a lot of, a lot of folks feel that it's kind of like, all right, let's get done talking about it. What say you, man, were you a fan of uh, the streak? Uh, were you, were you, were you excited that it ended or, disappointed or relieved i'm always going to be disappointed when the ravens end up uh short with a loss mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's preseason or regular season it's a loss it's a bummer uh i i don't understand this hatred that people have about this streak because it sure seemed like a hell of a lot of people tuesday morning really cared about this streak especially when they said they didn't anymore so i find it very intriguing that the streak doesn't matter until it's broken like that I thought was very interesting. All all props to the Commanders. Honestly, they were able to to beat the Ravens in this preseason game. They got it done. They stepped away with a W. The Ravens didn't. You cannot take that away from them. They worked they worked hard. They they played their starters for half a game to beat the Ravens backups. So, I mean, it, it is a big deal for the Washington Commanders. I I think it's really odd that uh, that the the whole NFL world is responding about this streak finally being over. I mean, it's all they talked about on uh, Monday Night Football. That's all that the commanders were talking about. You would think that they had just won the Super Bowl. Good morning football the next day. Kyle Brandt comes out wearing a commander's hat and jacket, uh, acting like these guys just won the Super Bowl. Like, I, I get it. It's it's really good that the the commanders were able to win this. They they are it seems as if they are going up a hill. They've been in a valley, they've been in a trench for a very long time. And now under new ownership, they get this win in the preseason. I'm very happy for them. But to say that the preseason streak didn't mean anything, I don't know how truthful that is. And I'm not just saying like scoring wise. You know, look at the depth on this Ravens team that they were able to have a streak like that. A lot of these players, you know, they're they're fighting for jobs and the Ravens are able to find these guys, motivate them, make them hungry and, and get away with a with a W. So I think that this uh, this streak, while, yes, it, it is can be silly. I think that a lot of people didn't like the fact that the Ravens had a streak or were even recognizing that this streak happened. But when it was finally over, people were mocking it like, why? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. And then they're acting like, you know, it's it's, you know, they won the, the preseason. I mean, one of one of the uh, Washington commanders said after the game, I think we just won the most important preseason game ever. You're going to say that the streak didn't mean anything if you got a player like that saying saying this is the biggest game ever. Tell me what I'm telling lies. Honestly, this is what I'm feeling like I, CM Punk here. I see no lies, my friend. Yeah, I mean, look, you had guard, you had guard Sam Cosme come out and say nobody gives a crap. Didn't use that word, but nobody gives a crap about right. this streak. And then he's doing the gritty in the end zone when the starting unit is scoring against the Raven Call backups. Calling him out, man. Call it out. 
tell me when I'm telling lies. You're not telling lies. Let's you know, go. He's ranting. He's raving. Let's go. You, you know, this is all, this is uh, this Sarah Ellison from the Vault Podcast. Love Great Raven. Sarah. Love Sarah. Yeah. Great Ravens Podcast. If you guys want to listen to them as well as us, those guys are great over at the Vault. The we need kicker, to have her on the show, by the way. A hundred percent, we do. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. got to get you on the show. Kicker for the the Washington Commanders, she points out, gestured an L to the sideline after his game-winning field goal. If these games didn't mean anything, why are you going to put an L up? Tell me when I'm telling lies. Did you work on the script? I love it. (laughs) Tell me when I'm telling lies. We're going to have to do that this year. That's going to be a staple for this year now. (laughs) We're going to just like go right through the, the shows and be like, tell me when I'm telling lies. That, that's I, our new slogan. I like I love it. it. I like it. So right. co-owner Magic Johnson comes out and posts how much fun it was to break the streak. And I agree with that guy. Like this game was a lot of fun because of the streak. It meant something like people are complaining. Who cares about the streak? The Ravens literally gave you a reason to watch preseason football. If you're not going to get into the weeds and look at like who's going to be, you know, the best left guard, who's going to be the best fourth running back. Like it's almost like an afterthought, like like um, Wes uh, commented on our podcast. He kind of said everybody his comment was everybody wanted to wanted it to happen. Apparently, right. The broadcast team wouldn't stop talking about it. And he's glad we just don't have to hear about it anymore. Like I share in his feelings like it's like that's kind of what. It, it, it was unfortunate, right? The, the Monday Night Football broadcast, that's all they kept talking about. Right. And it wasn't the fact that, like, oh, so-and-so's emerging. He's trying to make the team. Oh, what about – it was nothing about the players. The street took precedence, and I get it. But, it, again, you know, I'm going to stop short of saying they don't mean anything, but it – it's it it was a gimmick streak, right? It's a it's an exhibition winning streak. It's fun, but it means something to the players, the coaches, the organization because Harbaugh did lay into the media, and I kind of agree with him hundred percent. I want to say kind of, I do agree with him hundred percent. Fire and brimstone. He let him have it. He was agitated, edgy, and he goes, "Don't you dare criticize." And he said, "I don't respect you if you sit here and want to write or." comment about this doesn't mean anything because it means everything to the players the coaches everything you know when preseason happens and the games are we talk about it we break it down we see players trying to make a squad this is a live job audition some of these guys might never even be heard of again they might be unemployed looking for other ways of employment so you know you feel for that these guys are trying to make an nfl team you know what if it was me and you out there or your family members or friends so you have to think about it like that put yourself in their position and it means a lot and we cover it. So, you know, yeah, the streak might not have meant something. And again, if you have the opinion and you didn't think it mattered, that's fine. You know, you're not wrong. It's just, you know, it's just, it, it's sad when this streak just took precedence over like, you know, Hey, look at uh vocal trying to make the team you know, as a third or fourth tight end option. Look at Ken, uh, Keaton Mitchell you know, trying to make a state, a name for himself in the running back position. You know, there's some names out there that you might not ever heard of that thanks to these preseason games, they might emerge. And for somebody who really plays a lot of fantasy football, a lot of times there's where these names just come out of nowhere. And then you're like, Oh, watch out for this guy in the preseason. He's been shining. And then he makes the squad. It makes an impact. Right. You, you know who you can ask if, if preseason's worth it, if preseason is really a thing that we should care about a- ask Michael Pierce. Ask Justin Tucker, two names that are are pretty synonymous with the Baltimore Ravens right now. Those guys were undrafted. Nobody was taking a shot on them. 
and then they get a shot in the preseason and they get to show what they can do. And they're both making some big bucks in in the NFL right now. They are. It does mean something. And again, that just alludes to showing you players as well. They emerge. And I can't wait to see what happens. Let's get right into that. So obviously in a losing effort on the scoreboard, who won on the field for you on uh, on Monday night? Who, who shown that they can make this squad this year? Let's just get the the normal one, the one that everyone's going to say out of the way. Zay Flowers, that guy's a starter. That guy's a that guy is a champ. He's gonna he's for a rookie. The guy's got the speed. He's got the skills. Looking great. A guy that really impressed me though. He's been an unsung hero for the Baltimore Ravens for a couple years. Justice Hill. He was he was electric. He was great. I was very happy with what I saw from him. Justice Hill, I think, really was, you know, he's done a lot for this team in the past. I think he can continue to do way more in the future. No, two great, two great notables there. Um, you're right. The running game depth uh, is going to be something to watch and be a note of um, or something to make a note of. Justice Hill and Keaton Mitchell are certainly making their case of making the team now. I kind of intertwine this because if you notice where my focal point was previously was the punt and kick returns, right? Mm-hmm. Keaton Mitchell got hurt on one of those plays. Now I think right. he's going to be okay. Uh, but I noticed he was out there fielding a punt along with James Perchet. He was sharing the duties there. By the way, James Perchet stock stock is down for me from the regular season last year to that God awful interception that he threw on that gimmick play, the trick play to last week's preseason showing to this past week's preseason showing where, you know, he, he bobbled the ball. He could have caught it, but he really didn't make an effort to prevent the interception in the end zone. One of our listeners and my dear, one of our dear friend or my dear friend, I should say, Deb Cerisi, she commented on our Facebook and said, my guess is Proche is gone. I certainly agree with you on that. Yeah. You know, you never want to see anybody lose jobs, but unfortunately this is with reality. There's only 53 on the roster and we know it. Somebody's going to lose out. Fortunately, I don't think Proche has done enough to make the squad. Um, again, I alluded to what I saw in training camp. He was interacting with the fans, but unfortunately that's a great thing community wise and, you know, showing out, but you know, at the end of the day, it's on the field, but you know who else she mentioned Tillon Wallace and um, he's caught two touchdowns in as many games too. So he caught another touchdown uh, this past week. He's certainly one to emerge as, as lately, you know, low on the depth chart on the receiver because the receiving core is full right now. And how about it? Our tight ends, Charlie Kohler and uh, Travis Volkolek trying to make a strong showing. He caught two touchdowns yesterday. Right. And I don't know if there's going to be a spot for him on this Ravens team, but mm, I would hate to see that. I know it, it's oh, going to be hard if he if he enters waivers, there's a good chance he gets picked up by another team. Absolutely. I don't think he'll come back to Baltimore. So, um, you know, those are names that are certainly out there and, and it was put out there right away. As soon as he called the second one, I'm like, all right, 47 again, just making the name for himself. And the Ravens are deep at tight end. And with their and what's a, a note of a minor concern is apparently Mark Andrews is dealing with a, a minor injury. It's undisclosed. Harbaugh said he should be fine. It shouldn't be any jeopardy, jeopardization to his availability come the opener. So we will monitor and see that. But I know a lot of folks were a little bit angry coming out of this game because it seems like the corners were oft injured, uh, especially Kelly, who got hurt in the game. 
and uh, Darius Washington, which I feel is making a name for himself to make this team and making a strong case. Um, he got banged up, you know, late in the game as well. Um, you know, so those names you want to kind of watch out for. And but what is really refreshing to us is we know Marlon Humphrey's got that surgery to deal with, and he should be back in a few weeks. Um, let's hope, right? You know, knock on some wood here. But um, Brock has seen return to practice for the first time since the uh, earlier in this month. So um, it's been a two plus week hiatus, but Brock has since back. So we get some relief in the corner game uh, in the secondary. So that is something to make of note, not only who's emerging, but the injuries. That's going to be a shuffle of who's who uh, in the secondary. That's right. And Marlon Humphrey, his, his injury is going to take him out for a couple of weeks. If you are looking at the calendar, I would guess that he's going to be missing week two against the Cincinnati Bengals. That's going to be a rough loss uh, if there is no Marlon Humphrey out there. So Rocky Asin coming back onto the field, the practice field, uh, on Wednesday of this week. That is a really good sign. I would assume he doesn't play in Tampa, but you never know what will happen. But that is a concern of mine going into week two. But, of course, that's in a little over a month, so we'll we'll wait and see for that one. I think that that this last game uh, up against the Washington Commanders maybe did answer a lot of the questions we had. Like the running back seems pretty solidified. Left guard, I think we're going to see John Simpson starting over Sala. Uh, maybe they're going to split the weight of the uh, of the games going forward. But I think John Simpson has kind of edged out Sala uh, of being that starter. So that could be it. And as far as the QB3, I think Josh Johnson had a really good showing against the Washington Commanders. That interception was a little rough. You know, it wasn't completely on Prochet, wasn't completely on Johnson. But if you're going to be a QB3, I mean, this is definitely a guy to keep in your back pocket. I, I was very impressed with what he was able to do. Um, and, you know, that's why we didn't see uh, uh, Snoop out there. Snoop Huntley, he's already hurt. So, if, if you're a QB three in Baltimore, you know, there's a chance you could get moved up to QB two uh, later on down the road. It seems like Huntley is always dealing with injuries, but I, I liked what I saw from Josh Johnson. I, I would be happy if he stayed on for a little bit longer. Yeah, no, I certainly agree. And, and what it comes to a point, Brandon is, is this team going to carry three quarterbacks? Right. Um, I kind of talked about with my dad watching the game the other night uh, was, I feel like they have to because of the track record with the quarterback position. Um, unfortunately, you know, with Lamar being injured the last few seasons, I think you have to go into that with that mindset of, you know, you have to go with that is that, you know, you have to have three quarterbacks um, for that reason, you know, where maybe now I know there's that emergency designation where you have Josh Johnson designated as a third emergency quarterback where he can only enter due to injury or something of another. He can't just be the option, you know, for a third quarterback. So I think that might be the designation if they get with Josh Johnson as a third. Fortunately, St. Brown would be the odd man out there, maybe even a practice squatter at that point. Um, it'd be interesting to see how that quarterback position and, and especially the running game complementing the quarterbacks, what that depth looks like. So the three skill positions are right there. The receivers are already set, right? It's kind of like who is going to be that last kind of what you call it sixth receiver at that point. Um, but it's more like the quarterbacks, are they going to carry three running backs? Are they going to go three or four deep and the tight ends are they going to go three and four deep? So that's something to watch, you know, will Volkleck and Kohler make the team in some fashion again, you know, you have to look on paper, 53 slots. How many uh, are they going to carry? And with, with the focal point on the corners, 
you know, you always say you can never, never too many corners, but we'll see how it shakes out. But those skill positions with offense is something I'm watching for sure. It is interesting to see the dynamic in, in two weeks leading up to the third preseason game when it's kind of been the same names. What you say, Keith Mitchell's shown the last right. two weeks, full collect emerged this week. Didn't really hear much of him in the Eagles preseason against the preseason game against the Eagles, right? Um, Till Wallace caught a touchdown in each game. So you're seeing similar names emerging throughout these last couple of weeks here. So it's, you know, it's kind of like their stocks are rising. We'll see how that plays out again with the, the, the focal point on the offensive line. I love to see who emerges uh, out of the third preseason game. All eyes are going to be on that. And that's what I'm circling. I've seen enough out of the other skill positions. I really want to focus on the offensive line uh, because we know how Ben Cleveland's play has been, you know, he's, shaky right now will he make the team really not and i know we talked about last time he was highly talked about you know when the ravens drafted him and hasn't really made an impact of any note so um yeah the, the offensive line is certainly a concern for me uh going forward especially if anything pass and run blocking it's got to start in the trenches if this team is going to have any success you can have all, the greatest offensive coordinator of all time you can have the greatest weapons in offense but it doesn't matter if you're not blocking for these guys run or passing it, it's all going to fall apart and that's where it starts yeah i think leading up to this game uh, in tampa bay up against the bucks on saturday night i think i'm going to be looking at the running back position of who could potentially be number 3 maybe number 4 you know there's a guy that we that was brought in melvin gordon he's a guy that we haven't really talked about at all is there a spot here for him i mean we'll see uh, i got something to say about that he looked okay. a little slow the other night right like especially on the sweet play where he was going right it just looked like he was in slow motion. You know, it, it looked like he just looked like a shell of himself. So is there a spot for him? I don't know. Maybe special teams. Um, maybe he can be bad. I mean, again, you don't want him punt and kick returning. If he's already slow and can't break away. Um, I know he was brought in for depth, um, but you know, with the JK Dobbins situation, but with Dobbins back, and that thing put to bed for now. You have Dobbins and Gus Edwards right there as a one-two punch. When we are talking about Keaton Mitchell and Justice Hill making a case for themselves, Gordon's the fifth guy, uh, you know, in that pecking order. So I think right now he's out. He's outside looking in right now, um, unfortunately, with the Ravens at this point. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see where the Ravens plans again. Special teams has always been known to kind of host these guys where they don't fit in the offensive scheme or maybe even defense. Um, we'll see. You know, I, I don't know how it's going to shake out, but um, we'll know in a couple of weeks, right? When the roster is all dwindled down and set and they got to make the cuts accordingly. Now, a guy that we talked about a lot heading into the training camp. He made a lot of news. You know, he stayed around the castle, was working out. David Ajabo, he was a guy that everybody was was touting. Even we were touting him at the beginning of training camp. Now that these preseason games have started, uh, I, I haven't really heard his name at all in the last two weeks. Do you think that's something to be concerned about, or is he still is he still learning on the job? You know what? I, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm not concerned. And here's why. Um, it's not the full unit. You're not going to get the compliment. I mean, if he's out there by himself is one thing with he is on this unit. That's where you want to see him to shine. But I'm not really too concerned right now, um, given that 
you know, I heard he's had an okay camp. So it's not translation to preseason games. That could be a reason for concern. Again, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's still learning, uh, getting up to speed a little bit. Um, right now, he's relatively healthy for the most part, just because he's not applying pressure. Now, I did watch. There was a play, speaking of Ajabo, there was an actual – I'm glad you brought him up because there was a play where I strictly on the TV. When the ball was snapped, I watched everything he did. And he went – he rushed the quarterback. It was a passing play, fortunately for him. And he went to spin inside, and it looked like the offensive guy was holding a little bit, you know. And I, and I hate the whine and, about that and like, oh, it's holding. But I almost said the Redskins. It's always right on the tip of my tongue there. The commander's offensive line was holding all night. Look, I'm not saying – again, I'm not blaming a, a preseason loss because of that or not, but like it was blatant. Like our guys were holding a secondary – and then you see like the offensive line, like there was a guy like he blatantly like held him by the, the Ravens jersey. And I'm like, you're not going to call that. Like it was definitely called one way. Um, it was frustrating for me to watch that. Um, but there was a, he did a spin move and he tried to spin inside and he kind of he got blocked. Kudos to the offensive lineman who was blocking him. But then there was a minor hold. Go back to the replay. I kind of forget where in the game it was. So but, you know, from the skill that I've seen, I'm not concerned overall uh but you know again i have to give him benefit out because it's not like all eyes have been on him for me and i haven't really seen everything he can do but the stuff that i have laid eyes on it's okay and what i've heard i haven't heard as much negative as i heard positive it's kind of like neutral like it's like you haven't heard a lot of bad but you haven't heard a lot of good either so it's kind of like let's wait and see and if anything they signed Clowney as an edge rusher and yeah i know his his Mo when he was drafted, you know, highly touted in that regard. He was a pass rusher. Now he's going to be a run stopper. You got Ojabo. You're going to get Bowser back. This team is loaded. You got Patrick Queen. You got Roquan Smith. The line's loaded. So as much as you want to really, you know, jaw and give Ojabo that praise, and you kind of want to see him do good, especially with the pick that the Ravens got him in that second round at 55th overall, you really want to you want to see him motor and succeed. And that's the thing. It's like, Oh my gosh, you gotta, he's gotta go. He's gotta go. And he's got his offensive college coach as his defensive coordinator. Right. But um, I, I'm going to really, again, you know, not only from the offensive line, but if Jabo starts for the third straight game, because he's been starting in these preseason games, I, I want to eyes on him and really see uh, what he can do and prove us right. Um, again, I, again, I don't know, unless you've seen something I'm not, I haven't seen as, as much terrible things as maybe people are saying. I don't know, but I'm not seeing anything bad about a job right now, at least for me personally. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it is preseason. It, it is hard to tell. It is first string against second string a lot of the time. So it is really hard to tell. And I think we got to see what um, he does with Adafi Owe. I think that's really what it is. That that duo is going to be something special come the regular season. So a couple, something I wanted to certainly talk about in, in, in all this, there was a lot to unpack with this preseason game, but let's go, let's rewind here and go all the way back to the first series of the game where the Ravens took the ball. The one Zay Flowers is going to be a problem. All right, as soon as it happened and he scored, I put out there offensive rookie of the year booking. Last year it was Garrett Wilson. It really could be Zay Flowers in this offense, the way he could be utilized with the spacing. That play was just pure goodness. I mean, to take the ball on the sidelines 
and to just have all that room, he shook a guy, made a guy miss, and just zoomed right into the end zone, almost virtually untouched. Had the lanes, made the right reads. The kid's talented, and with him being what you can call it third on the wide receiver depth chart pecking order, right? This offense, dude, explosion. I mean, you look at the four wideouts they can really pose. Bateman, Beckham, Duvernay, and Zay Flowers. That's four good weapons. You're not talking about the tight ends. You're not talking about the running backs right now. Zay Flowers, they already performed the way he's doing in this preseason. I am super excited, and he's going to be weapon X for this team. Certainly, uh, sky's the limit. The other rookie I want to talk about, Stratton Simpson, there was a couple of times he over-pursued, but there was a tackle that he made um, that I was very impressed with. And um, not a rookie, but Kelly, certainly want to touch on Kel. He made the remember the two point conversion that they were going for it and and it was uh denied again. Kelly made an awesome tackle before getting injured late in the game. Um, that was a tackle to stop, and I love that. That wasn't from the unofficial Raven school of tackling as you because I told my dad, I said I was either waiting for somebody to slip that tackle and him to cross the end zone uh for the two point conversion because the Ravens in open space for some reason have a problem tackling on defense for some reason, but that that was a picturesque textbook tackle. Um wasn't malicious, wasn't dirty, wrapped him up, met him at the line, and didn't let him advance. That was an impressive play to me. It's something I made of note in this preseason game, and I want to see more of, and that tenacity and fire heading into the final audition and preseason game before we kick it off for real in a couple weeks here. Heading into the Tampa game, will we see some starters? I don't know. I don't think we will, but Lamar's, Lamar's thirsty, man. He's hungry. He wants to get out there. You saw it on the sidelines of the interview. He just wants to play. It's like one of the first things he said with the interview with Lisa Salters. He was like, we got there and play. He's ready. And like he alluded to, he hasn't played since midseason last year. And then now with the contract under belt and camp and his new weapons, I can feel his hunger. And, and uh, I'm certainly ready for eight to get out there and see what he can do with this new offensive scheme. So um, I don't know if they're going to deploy any starters out there, man, but we'll see something to make a note of. I do want to bring up real quick. You, you were talking about what Harbaugh was saying to the media and everything, and we talked about this a little bit after the the streak was lost. I love the fact that John Harbaugh is still our coach. I, I, this guy is the embodiment of what I think a coach should be. A, at least that's what he portrays when he's on TV. You know, I, I love the fact that this guy stands up for his players. He stands up for all of his players. And he was saying, you know, the media and everybody's saying, this game doesn't mean anything. This preseason game doesn't mean anything. And he's like, I recognize guys that are working really hard who this is their dream. And this is, you know, the, 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 no one's, no one's going to take it away from them, and, and they're working hard to, to get a job in the NFL. It's one of the hardest jobs to get. And uh, I love the fact that Harbaugh is sticking up for all of his players, not just the highly paid ones, but the ones that are scratching and clawing to get into the league. I love the fact that that's our coach. He's sticking up for every single one of his players. I love it. That's exactly what it's about. And uh, I wholeheartedly agree with everything he was saying to the media. You know, some were already belly aching, like, oh, here he goes again with his attitude and being brash. I mean, look, Billick did it in the Super Bowl year. Remember the infamous speech in the Super Bowl when he started with, you know, with that whole bit? And and then they questioned him. He said, because I got the podium and you're here to listen to me. <laughs> like, media needs to be put in her place. Like, media will media sometimes, and they just – they like to cause that drama and they want to get that story and get that tidbit. But no, you know, 
I, I love Harbaugh giving it right back to him and say, you know what? No, the, the, he's standing up for his team and the guys that are trying to make a case for themselves. And like I told you, beginning, it might not mean anything to us, streak or no streak, but it means everything to this organization, coaches, players, staff, everybody. Um, they're auditioning for jobs, whether it's for this team or other teams. Um, it's livelihoods in the line. They're trying to make a name for themselves in the National Football League. And who are we to sit on our little comfy couches and go, oh, oh it, this game don't mean nothing. Why do they play these games? Why, why, why do we have to pay for these games? Dude, you know, they're professionals that they're trying to make a name. So, um, again, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Saying I'm not saying on this forum that you're not wrong. If you want to sit there and say, okay, well, if you don't feel like they they mean nothing, then great. But Harbaugh is going to stick up for his players in spite of all that. And I'm going to sit here and say I agree with him wholeheartedly. Me too. I totally do. I I I love the fact that Harbaugh is our coach. I love having him a part of Baltimore and for such a long time too. See, and um, it's interesting you say that because I've always been. I feel like I'm in a minority, right? Because I feel like as this tenure goes on, a lot of fans are like, really don't like him. He gets out coached. Time for a new voice in the locker room, and I'm like, he's the third longest tenured head coach in National Football League, and I guarantee Tomlin and Belichick are probably one and two. If I if my memory serves correctly, I think Tomlin's one. I, I at least know that. No, Belichick's got to be one. He's been with the Patriots since like 2001. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, I'm, or at I'm least earlier than that. Belichick's been Belichick's been with the Patriots. Dude, Belichick's been with the Patriots since they won Super Bowl 36, or probably well before that. It was probably around 2000 because the Ravens played him in '99, and Pete Carroll was the head coach. This guy just knows things. Look at him. Look at him go. Well, because the Ravens went eight and eight that year, and they beat the Patriots. I think that either they beat the Patriots or the Patriots beat them in the last. They go. I think yeah. I think the Ravens beat the Patriots in the last game of the year. Go eight and eight. They finished five hundred. Then they went twelve and four and won the Super Bowl. And Belichick's first year was probably around that because yeah, I think so you, left for USC and then he went to Seattle. Bill Belichick, New England Patriots, twenty three years. Yep. Year two two thousand to present. Sixteen years. He probably got Harbaugh yeah. beat by a year. One, one yeah, year. Is he? Uh, yeah, Harb. I think. Oh, yeah. Harb Tomlin was hired in 2007, and Harbaugh came in 08. So I think Tomlin has that. Yeah, you know, I think Harbaugh's been here 15 years, and Tomlin 16, or is it 16, 17? Yeah. Either way, yeah, yeah. Doing math, 2008, 18. Yep. Yeah, it's 15 years. Yep. yep. So yeah, so he's the third longest tenured head coach for a reason. Um, I've always, I've always liked him. You know, I, and just hearing him be Mr. Macho coach again and like, you know, stick up first. Dude, I, I, I've always said, I like them. You know, the, the end result, the, the cut, to, the cut to the chase. I agree with you. I've always liked Harbaugh. feel like I'm in a minority. I don't feel like it's time for new voice. I knew some were going to disagree and that's what makes debates fun. You know, you might disagree and don't like him. I, I'm not going to sit here and be a blowhard and say, okay, well, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid and Harbaugh is the greatest coach. No, because yeah, he does have time management issues. And sometimes, you know, he, he gambles, you know, going for it. But I like that because I'm a gambling guy anyway. So I'm like, Hey, go for it. Might go for the gusto and win it. I don't like playing to lose. I like playing to win. So if, if, if it happens again this year, and if it's to take the points or to go for it, you're going to hear me on this podcast, support that. Now we can certainly break it down and criticize it. But at the end of the day, like he always says, if we got it, you're going to praise us. If we don't get it, we're the worst coaches in the league and we're, we're, we're dumb. So, you know, if it works, it's great. If it doesn't, it's great. Just like anything, right? You know, um, 
But um, yeah, so no, I, I'm certainly happy that he's still tenured as the head coach because I don't think anybody would be doing uh, uh, as good as a job as he can right now. Um, we'll see what the future holds, but right now, uh, you know, it's Harbaugh's, it's his seat and it's his seat right now for the foreseeable future. I don't see him going anywhere. And I know some folks don't like that, but hey, I don't make the rules. I don't sign the checks. I don't make the contracts, but I feel like, again, Harbaugh has been one of those coaches that uh, he just knows how to he's – just, he's a ball coach, man. I mean, he's a, he's a Harbaugh. It's ingrained in his blood. It's what they do. All right. Well, uh, hey, I think we've pretty much covered everything for this episode. Who would have thought we would have gotten so much material out of a, a preseason uh, prep game, a prep show? But here we are. The streak is over. On to Tampa Bay. One more preseason game. And then guess what, guys? Regular season right around the corner real football football is back can't wait to welcome houston to the bank but josh have we covered everything for this episode of the call yes sir quote the raven never mo well everybody if you'd like to continue the conversation with josh or i you can it's real easy go over to our discord discord.gg slash the call podcast make sure you subscribe over there enjoy some tailgate talk some game day talk Every kind of talk you can think about. Whenever a new show comes out, you'll be the first to know as well. After we post it over on our YouTube page, we do have a brand new YouTube page. We are putting some stuff up there. Go to youtube.com slash Brando Cash Pods. Subscribe to our YouTube page. We post all of our reels, all of our shorts up there, along with the full episode of the show. So if you got to listen to us on the go... Bring it on over to YouTube. You can also check us out over on Facebook, facebook.com slash the call podcast. Like us over there. Enjoy the conversation over on our Facebook page. You can listen to brand new shows. You can uh, talk to other Ravens fans as well over on our Facebook page. And we post our shorts and our reels there. We are officially on Instagram. Check us out. Brando cash pod underscore reels. You can check out our reels over there and uh, talk to us there as well. And you can check out stuff from my other podcast, What the Puck, as that's going to get started pretty soon as the Capitals are heading back to town. I think that's pretty much it. Rate us an Apple Podcast review. Rate us over on Spotify. Be social with the show. Let people know on Facebook and X. And uh, God, it's going to throw me off. XYZ. Uh, Instagram. Instagram. TikTok. Reddit. Tumblr is that still around? Is Tumblr a thing? My I don't space, know. My MySpace, okay, my all those, the all social. the socials, <laughs> all the true blue socials. Let let them know. I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. I listen to the call, and you should too. So that is pretty much it for the show this week. Josh, we got them coming up. Tampa Bay, the Bucks, Saturday nights. Take us out the way you always do. You got it, my friend. Thank you so very much. And we love the interaction this week. We appreciate everybody. And as we know it, ding dong, the streak is dead. But you know what? That means an opportunity to start a new one. So let's go one and oh <laughs> at the uh, final preseason uh, finale here. And that's what it is. It's a preseason finale on the road in Tampa Bay. The Ravens are going to put uh, some they're going to they're going to put the show out there right there. Tampa Bay. See who's going to make the squad. Who's in? Who's out? We shall find out under the lights on Saturday night in Tampa. 
can't wait to get it going and we get through this one unscathed you know what's on the other side it is regular season football from here on out until january and that's right we're about to get down to the real deal but before that two are done we have one more left let's get how about it baltimore ravens let's close out the preseason in style hard fought let's go let's fly high This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by Brad Lepore and Daniel Kelly from the DBK Studio. For more information, go to brandocash.com.